No. Saquon, who who can't pick up a block to save his life. I don't care. He hurls people. The Najee Harris effect. Welcome to another episode of Boom or Bust, the draft show. Max Chowick alongside PJ Clark, Tate Sigworth, and Nick Miriam finishing up our top 10 positional series with our top 10 kickers in the 2021. No, I'm just kidding. We're doing safeties in the 2021 NFL draft. Alex them down. Kessman, baby. Kick As them one. Evan McPherson. Evan McPherson. No one. one, baby. We are ready to argue about this, Max. It was not the video we're doing, but we're ready to argue about that. I can't wait. I can't wait. Of course, be sure to follow our Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Boom or Bus Draft. We're on YouTube. Anywhere you get your podcast, please like and subscribe to the channel and comment any questions you have for our mailbag. So our top 10 safeties now in the draft. Number 10, Talanoa Hufanga from USC. Number 117 on the big board. Tate, what do you think about him? <laughs> of course you come to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got a 6th to 7th round grade on him. I, You know, no disrespect to the man, but, I mean, he's going to be drafted probably, but I, I don't know. Um, he improved his pass production in 2020, you know, which is good. We like improvement on the podcast. Uh, all four of his career interceptions came this past year. Uh, he only allowed more than 50 yards twice uh, in coverage this year. Um, it's definitely, I think, his biggest weakness. I Honestly, I think he's more of like a linebacker box kind of safety. If you want to use him down towards the line, I think he's a much better fit there. The issue is, you know, he, he's kind of a subpar athlete and injuries. You know, he has a ton of shoulder injuries. He broke his collarbone twice. Uh, dislocated his shoulder as well so I don't know maybe you know injuries are not the thing you want to hear from your kind of your hard-hitting physical tackling safety but I don't know I mean if you're using him as a linebacker in a box down towards the line like I said I, I like him more than a coverage safety like back off the line of scrimmage I really like Talanoa Hufanga guy that has been moving up the more that I watch him uh thumper just hits the hell out of people and and chooses violence when whenever he can, um, which I think there is value to at, at some level in the NFL. I agree with Tate. Um, definitely a box guy, but versatile. Played back safety this year, played in a box as a linebacker, dropped into covers as a linebacker, rushed the passer, slot cornerback, you name it. He did it for USC this year. Was Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Had a really nice year, as Tate said, four interceptions in the Pac-12's very short season for what amounted to a pretty decent USC team. But Positional versatility, thumper, this big, you know, safety linebacker hybrid that we're seeing more and more of. I think a, a smart defensive coordinator is going to use that versatility to the to their advantage at the next level. Yeah, so he's the same size as Jeremiah Wusakoromo. Um, and I'm gonna go out and say he's the same like type of position player. Uh he's an outside linebacker type who probably when he goes to cover will get out in the slot, especially when there's tight ends. He can be physical in coverage and kind of cover closer to the ball. And then he's more of a run game type guy. We saw some improvement from a coverage standpoint. He played more deep safety snaps this year, uh, but the improvement was kind of marked by some games where he plays really well, has like a 90 plus grade, and then in the next week he'll just throw out like a 45 um, in terms of PFF coverage grades. So, you know, there's some ways to go in terms of that big guy. Uh, that's always something at the at the box safety position they look for because even like. Uh, looking at safeties that are coming out this year, you know, we're getting to see more of these coverage safeties, which I think makes these box guys harder to find. But especially when it comes to size, we have a lot of smaller box safeties now. And this guy at least can fit in as a guy who can play linebacker. The reason that uh, there's just 
So, you know, as a guy who can fill in as a linebacker, it makes it harder for me to see him as an early draft pick just because I think uh, that position is becoming less valuable in the NFL. But I do think he gets drafted probably earlier day three, maybe maybe as late as the sixth round, probably more fourth, late fourth, early fifth, because he does do things that are becoming harder to find in the NFL just because it's a less valuable position. Yeah, he's actually, I love Hufanga. We talked about him in the past video. He's the number five safety for me. I got an early third-round grade on him. Uh, big safety, man. 6'1", 215. He lays the wood on receivers and tight ends. Took his coverage to a new level. He had all four of his career interceptions camp- came this year. Allowed just a 72.5 passer rating when targeted. Good pass rusher. He had 19 pressures and six and a half sacks and just 85 snaps in his career. Solid tackler. He only missed 70, 17% of his attempts. Also, he played all three years he was at USC. He got significant playing time all three years. He's a strong safety that you want in the box. You don't want him playing deep. He's an average run defender. Tate mentioned it, two broken collarbones already in his career. Uh, pretty limited in what he can do. He won't be a free safety, and he won't play deep, but he can be a really effective, strong safety the next level. Number nine now, Caden Stearns from Texas, number 115 on the big board. Nick, what do you think about him? So now we're looking at a kind of a bigger free safety type, a guy that is just raw. And we're going to get to Andre Sisco later. And the discussion about him is going to be kind of similar, I think, as it is to Caden Stearns, except for Caden Stearns is just a worse version of this and that he is not as athletic. He's really got a ways to go as a football player. He's a pretty good run defender. I don't think he has a great understanding of zone structures and defense. I don't think he's a fantastic coverage player, but he has these coverage plays that just pop off the tape. You're like, wow, you know, no one else can make that play. He's just an athlete. He gets up to the ball. He, he's got great high-pointing balls defensively, and every once in a while does some amazing things in the field that if you get him in a defense that's really good at developing safeties, uh, Miami's done a good job of this. Baltimore does a good job of this. You know, getting guys in positions where they can force turnovers. Here's a guy you take a flyer on third round pick he's the type of dude that if he works out for you and you find a role for him as a, on the backside of your defense to play deep safety and he you know gains a little bit of range understands how to play his own concepts a little more hopefully get him more in a two high role i don't really want him in a, in a single high role i don't think he's honestly the fastest guy in the world even i don't know what his measurables are in terms of that but i think i'd rather see him have a little help on the on the other side of the field in terms of that he could be a guy who forces a lot of turnovers for you and be a valuable player but he is raw needs some development yeah, I, I think he's a, another pretty versatile player. As, as Nick said, I really like him against the run. Gets to the line of scrimmage. He's a good run defender. Um, he's not a, a fantastic tackler, but he he is a willing run defender, which I think is really important. But unlike Hufanga, this is not a guy that's going to play linebacker. He's going to play back, at back of the line. But I think he's an athlete. I, I think that's what you see on tape. He's willing to tackle, hard-hitting, even though he's not as, as bulky as a linebacker type as Hufanga, good against the run, and is is inconsistent against the pass, but had a, a his best year was this year, which I, I think helped a lot coming out. But in a, in a very competitive safety class, a guy with a lot of holes like this who isn't a top-tier coverage safety and isn't going to be a box that – you know what they are playing the linebacker position like Ufanga and some other guys we're going to talk down on the list here. I just, I think he gets pushed down the list because you don't entirely, you know, he needs a lot of development to get into the place where you can play him on every snap. Uh, yeah, I, it's, I don't know exactly where Caden Stearns is. It makes it difficult to kind of project. I, I think, you know, a third round pick kind of take a flyer, like Nick said, I think it's a safe space uh, to take Caden Stearns, especially, you know, if you already have a safety, just add some depth. Um, kind of let him grow a little. 
a uh, lot of range, uh, athletic abilities, definitely there. Supposedly ran a four four one forty. I don't know if that was pro day or where exactly I got that number, but pretty quick. Um, definitely has the range to kind of play a free safety ball hawking kind of role. Uh, improved as a pass defender this year. He, he might have peaked as a freshman three years ago, but um, he, he definitely had a good year this year. Uh, lack of ball hawking production. If you just look at the pure numbers, uh, only three pass breakups and one interception in the last 16 games, which, you know, is kind of interesting considering he's kind of a rangier athletic guy. Um, I definitely like him coming downhill uh, in run defense like Nick and PJ were talking about. Um, yeah, it's just a lack of polish. Um, definitely needs development. You know, if you're looking for a starting safety in like the first two years, I don't think you should draft Caden Stearns. Let him grow a little. Let him get better. Yeah, I'm not a huge Caden Stearns guy. I got like a day three grade on him. He's solid build, 6'1", 207. Really good athleticism. So pedigree, former five-star recruit. Oh, I have it down too. Yeah, oh. I guess neither of you mentioned it. I was like, oh, okay. It's I in my notes. I'm sorry to the fans. <laughs> he ran, yeah, Tate, you mentioned he ran a 4-4 at his oh. pro day. Um, the average is 4-5-6 for a safety. He also had a 42-inch vertical, which is six inches higher than the average. Decent run defender. He's an okay tackler. He missed 18% of his career attempts. Only one penalty in his whole career. Um, again, like Hufanga, he got significant playing time all three years he was in Texas. Um, but he struggled in coverage throughout his career, especially man coverage. A lot of 88.4 pass rating when targeted. He's got the size, he's got the athleticism, but he struggled so much in coverage that I'd stay away from picking him until day three, probably. Uh, so number eight now, Richard LeCount the third from Georgia, number 104 on the big board. PJ, what do you think about him? Um, well, it's been an interesting week for, for Richard LeCount, uh, given that the Georgia Pro Day was um, not good for him. Uh, so this, this is the guy that, uh, again, another, you know, did it in the SEC kind of guy, played a lot of snaps for Georgia over the past couple of years, but then showed up at Pro Day and, and ran a 4-8-2, um, which is really, really bad. It's not it's not good at all. Um Another thing, he he had a he had a senior bowl performance that was he was fine. He wasn't that great, but his season ended because he got in a motorcycle accident and missed the last four games and and got hurt off of that. So it's an interesting study in that um, didn't play a full season, wasn't great at pro day. So who knows where he's at health wise? Wasn't great at the senior bowl, but and in terms of a player, he's not an elite athlete. The four eight two is is worse than you would ever think he was. But that's he's not an athletic safety. But he's got good production in the SEC for a number of years now that I, I think, you know, is going to make somebody want to take a chance on him. You have to look through the pro day. Another guy that's small, 190 pounds, 5'11", smaller than everybody else on this list almost. And it's like, where are you putting this guy? Unlike the other two, I don't think Richard LeCount is ever like a starting safety in the league. I think he's more of a rotational guy, which there's still value to. But you got to look past that that 4'8'2", and some teams probably won't do that. Yeah, Caden Stearns has a higher uh, ceiling than Richard LeCount. Richard LeCount might have a higher floor, so maybe it's a, a safer pick in a way. Um, the 40 time and maybe the athletic traits are a little alarming to some teams. Uh, it's pretty slow, but I mean, he has a ton of experience. It's over 2,000 career snaps, over 1,000 career coverage snaps in the SEC. Um, instinctive, you know, it comes from all that experience. He reads the quarterback eyes really well in coverage. Um, Pretty good hitter, despite the size. I was honestly surprised when I opened up the Richard LeCount numbers and saw that he was 5'11", 190. Uh, I would have I honestly expected him to be a little bigger. Um, lined up in the slot, two high, single high. I mean, he has the experience um, and he has the reps on tape. 
it's just, you know, I, I don't think you can project him much farther than what he is right now. Um, a small issue I also have is just a lack of special team snaps. You know, I, I think his projection is as a backup safety and a special teamer, but at Georgia, he really didn't play much special teams, which, you know, is, is not, you know, deal breaking. I'm sure he can learn to play special teams in the NFL, but uh, he, he doesn't have that experience already. So the big thing that pops up on tape is that he has a bunch of huge big hits. And um, I just like to say that that is kind of a, it's misleading because he is small for free safety as a guy who plays a lot of single high. Um, you know, he's pretty good at anticipating routes. He's an okay coverage player, not an athlete. Like PJ said, he was the captain of the defense at Georgia. I have a little bit of a theory about that. I talked about earlier. I think what thought Monty Rice was the guy who was calling the plays. I think LeCount helped out a little bit as well, which caused him to have to play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage than he should have been as a single high player, which opened them up to getting burned deep as they did multiple times throughout the year um which is that's just completely a theory i have no idea if that's for real but that's what i'm thinking um but he really played like like one role like the entire time he's at georgia he's a single high guy he played middle third and he guarded the hash marks and he was pretty good jumping routes around the hash marks but that's about all he did in coverage and so unless you're a team that's like needs that specifically i don't know what you're doing with a guy who is small ran a 482 and hasn't really shown you much on tape other than some big hits and ability to cover around the hashes it's just he's not versatile he's not special i think in terms of you know football iq and, and instincts uh this is a guy that i mean will get drafted probably because of the pedigree of playing at georgia you know being a captain playing for four years and you know having some highlight plays you know he intercepted to it in like the sec title game and had ran it back for 50 yards but like you know, he's not the type... He reminds me of Deontay Thompson. Remember Deontay Thompson? Mm-hmm. Like, a guy that people were like, this guy's a first-rounder at the beginning of the year, and he just clearly was not, you know, the type of athlete that goes in the first round, although he was a, a long-term starter at Alabama, ended up going around the fifth round, and really hasn't done much in the league because he's just not... There's just nothing that stands out to me that goes, Richard LeCount does this, and that's valuable in the NFL. I don't know what it is yet. Um, maybe somebody figures it out in the NFL level, but... For me, he's more of a sixth-round guy. I don't really know where he fits in the NFL. Yeah, I'm a little higher on the count. Uh, number seven safety for me. He got a third-round grade right now. He does exactly what he's supposed to every single play. He doesn't allow many big plays. only allowed three touchdowns in his career and over 1,200 coverage snaps. Um, good in coverage throughout his career. Only allowed a 68.5 pass rating target. He's never unsure in his reads when you watch him on tape. Three-year starter at Georgia. Very experienced. Tape mentioned over 2,000 snaps. Uh, undersized though, 5'11". He was 196 at the pro day. You mentioned the pro day, ran a 4'8". Also had a vertical of 32 inches, which is three and a half inches lower than the average. Not a great run defender. The lack of size really shows up there. I think he's maybe the worst tackler on this list that we're going to talk about because he only missed 17% of his attempts, but he never really made too many plays in the backfield. Only six and a half tackles were lost in his career. Even though he's undersized, he attacks ball carriers really high, which is a big no-no. Um, also, you guys mentioned motorcycle accident, cut his season short, uh, suffered shoulder and rib injuries that maybe, maybe affected his pro day. We don't know. Um, but he's undersized, not explosive. That's usually a death sentence for most players. However, he was good enough in the SEC that I think he can maybe survive in the NFL. Number seven now, Paris Ford from Pitt, number 101 on the big board. Tate, what do you think about him? Um. So Paris Ford stock is going down 
down, 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 down. Um, for those who missed it, he ran a four nine at the his uh, pit pro day, which is uh, very slow. Um, ben Cleveland, Georgia interior offensive lineman, ran a faster forty than Paris Ford, which is troublesome. Uh, this after he opted out mid season, and then he comes out at the pro day and does that. It's just bad news for Paris Ford. Um, Converted corner, uh, seven pass breakups, three interceptions in his first year of safety. So, you know, he clearly has a nose for the football, clearly has, you know, an ability to, has he has ball skills, clearly. Um, he's also aggressive in terms of the nose for the football. He's 90 total tackles in 2019. He's a pretty good run defender. Um, he missed a bunch of tackles in 2019, but then cleared that up in 2020. You know, I it's he's 5'11", 190, same size as Richard LeCount. We called Richard LeCount undersized. We had to call Paris Ford under, undersized. So, I, I don't know. I, backup safety, I think, is my long-term projection for Paris Ford. Uh, after last week, I don't think Paris Ford gets drafted. Um, and that's Oof. kind of... It's kind of a kind of a shame because I I like this tape at Pitt, but I mean you can't you can't opt out and be like oh I'm gonna go train for pro day and then run a a four nine forty twenty nine inch vertical nine two broad five four three shuttle and a seven six five three cone like all of those are that's, that's all terrible you can't you can't opt out and just tra- claim you're training for pro day and put up those numbers and somebody's gonna expect to draft you the the tape is fine i like that i i liked him on tape i i was a bit higher on him than everybody else at, at least for this big board but i thought he was versatile he could play in the box a little bit but he was better as a as a deep safety i thought he was good in in, in all the types of schemes i mean pit we've talked about the pit defense at nauseum here the pit defense is really good and i think they were schemed really well over the past couple of years with all these guys but oh my god like the pro day is so bad and i think the lack of clearly the the lack of effort after you opted out it's good to just take them off draft boards for a lot of teams i mean i I was gonna say i'm not gonna make a big deal out of this but it's gonna be a big deal regardless like whenever a guy can blend into our combine which is coming up (laughs) this is bad and you might say all right none of us might run a sub 540 this guy's been training for it like you can legitimately take two to three tenths seconds off of your 40 time if you're like training for it because the start is basically everything. And clearly, like, Paris Ford just couldn't get a start down and also just isn't that fast, so it didn't help. Um, and, again, another guy that's just very weird to me because he does play a lot of coverage snaps, but he's been a box safety throughout his time at Pittsburgh, and he's 190 pounds. And you're not playing box safety in the NFL at 190 pounds. It's just not happening, especially if you run a 4-9. And now, because you run a 4-9, I don't know if you're playing free safety either. So... <laughs> This is a guy that has to play special teams. So let's take a look at his career special team snaps. Oh, 27 field goal block snaps this year. And that's like basically it in terms of special teams. So what are you doing with this guy? I kind of agree with BJ. I think he's going undrafted. I think I might give him a shot because, again, sixth round guy, because he's got some plays on tape that he's got a nose for football. He's forced some turnovers, especially last season. But uh, just just a really, really rough 2020 for Paris Ford. And yeah, I would have bet on it right now. I don't think he gets drafted. Yeah. Just FYI for everyone at home who's like, why the hell is he on your list? Then this is before all the pro days. Like this list was finalized before the pro days. We're going to have updated lists on the new big board and Paris Ford might not be on it. Uh, He wasn't even in my top 10. Oh, he's not. He's not going to be on it. I'm pretty confident, Matt. He was my number 13 safety (laughs) even before the pro day. Uh, He's a fifth. Bro, PJ's going to have him at like 298. (laughs) (laughs) He's not getting drafted. Like, I'm just Um, I'm sorry. He throws his body around. He's not afraid to make a big hit. Really improves the tackler this year. He wrapped up much better. Missed only 
13% of his attempts after missing 22% in 2018 and 2019. Good ball skills, six interceptions and 10 pass breakups in the last year and a half. Makes really good breaks on the balls. Uh, uh, really good corner in 2018. He's a former corner. Still has corner size, like Tate mentioned. Six foot, 190, 5'11", 190. He was at 197 at the pro day. 197 at the pro day. But the question is how his body will hold up at the next level. Again, like will count, undersized, not athletic. You mentioned the pro day, PJ. 40 time, first percentile for safeties. Vertical, first percentile for safeties. Three cones. It's not good. Three cones, second good. percentile for safeties. Broad jump, second percentile for safeties. 20-yard shuttle, second percentile for safeties. Literally 98% or 99% of all-time safeties were more athletic so than Paris Ford. So it was bad. unbelievably terrible. Um, undersized, still better in the box than deep. I, I agree with Nick. I don't know what he's going to be at the next level. Agility isn't that great either. How will that work in the next level? Improved this year, but still missed 19% of his tackle attempts in his career. Average run defender. Like LeCount, Ford, undersized, not very athletic, but unlike LeCount, I don't think Ford was nearly as good in coverage. I'm worried about his future in the NFL. I wouldn't take him until late, late day three, maybe even undrafted. Number six now, Richie Grant. From UCF, number 59 on the big board. Nick, what do you think about him? I love Richie Grant. I have a high second-round grade on Richie Grant. I got a 31st overall on my big board, which is in within first-round range. So I'm saying that you could take him in the first round. And I wouldn't be against it. Um, I think this is the mold of safeties today. Physical, rangy, versatile safety. I think he's got the size to stick in the NFL. Um, he's a little smaller than Derwin James, obviously, but I think he could play that type of role in the defense. 237 box snaps, 226 free safety snaps, and 144 slot corner snaps. He was all over the place for UCF. He's a turnover forcer. 10 INTs, 7 forced fumbles in four years in college. Really, it's more like three years because he had an injury, and then he kind of cut his, his season a little bit short this year, I believe, or he missed a couple games. Um, he will give up yards in front of him, but when he's running with receivers – or he's on the back end, he keeps things in front of him. He's rangy, he can get sideline to sideline, he can break up passes, he can make those types of plays that you like to see from an athlete. Closes on the ball fast, but in control. Has strength and physicality to get presence in the box. Again, size could be an issue, so I don't know if he'll be playing as much box the NFL level, um, but his anticipation, his ability to you know, see the run plays coming and kind of shoot gaps kind of gives him that ability. He's a great tackler and has the ball skills to play free safety if you just want to stick him there. This is a guy that I think, you know, the knock against him is he played at UCF. It's the American Conference. It's not great talent uh, going up against him. But uh, if people have Aaron Robinson mocked in the first round, I don't know why Richie Grant's not getting that love because I think this is the piece that makes a lot of defenses click today that some defenses just lack because they don't have a guy who can do a little bit of everything. Yeah, so I'll just go with that. Um, I have him at 37, another top 40 guy for me. I, I mean, I I'm really bullish on him. I, I did, We talked about Demetri Felton a lot as the offensive MVP of the Senior Bowl. I think Richie Grant was pretty clearly the defensive MVP. He showed up and he was the best defensive player there for that week. Um, I think he impressed it in man coverage, especially as as a as a safety going up against guys in one on one drills. Was able to cover everybody he matched up against, which I think might make him. You know, Nick said you could stick him at free safety. I think that would be kind of selling him short. I think he's more talented than to just be, you know, stay on the back half and ball hawk. I think he's going to be able to play at the line of scrimmage. He can cover people. He can cover tight ends, cover running backs, play him in the slot, just like move him around. I, I think he's scheme versatile, versatile player positionally, good enough size, good enough everything. The only thing is like, is he that great of an athlete? No, he's not the best athlete on this list. Better than he, the might last be, two. he might be. He might be. 
definitely better than the last two, but he's not like an athletic marvel like some of the guys. But Nick said it. He's got a nose for the ball. He's capable of playing free safety. He causes turnovers. He gets dirty in the run game. He hits people. And he had a great senior bowl in front of all these scouts and against the, the best talent that we have seen as a collection because there's no combine or anything. So I think all of that is going to account for, you know, if he makes it out of the second round, I'd be really surprised. This is a slam duck top 40 guy for me. Um, yeah. So, uh, the reason he's like safety five on this list is because he was, uh, way down on Max and I's, uh, big board. I'd like to apologize for that. Um, he is now moving up into the second round grade for me. I'd, I'd probably take Richie Grant mid to late second. I don't know about like 31 or in the first round, um, simply because he's already 23. That's just not a first round pick. I'm sorry. We're not giving out first round contracts to a 23 year old. Um, but it's he isn't the most toolsy guy he just relies on experience knowledge and just kind of being you know physical um and i'd like to bet on that than betting on tools which is just kind of my philosophy um he's very smart in coverage he plays all over the field like nick and pj have said he was excellent at the senior bowl unlike another safety we're going to talk about in a hot second um he actually covered people in one-on-one coverage um, the production over four years is insane. 290 tackles, 10 interceptions, 17 pass breakups. Um, and then the big thing, he, he's played over 500 career special team snaps already, um, which we like because um, he play on the defense and play on special teams for you. It's, you know, he's already 23. That's the big downside. And he isn't the most toolsy guy. So, you know, maybe the, the ceiling is a little lower than compared to some of these other guys. But I'm going to bet on the knowledge. I'm going to bet on the experience. And I think he's going to be a, a good NFL player. Yeah, I've got Richard Grant late second, early third round. Probably, maybe the best run defending safety in this class. He's not the biggest, but he plays really physical around the line of scrimmage. Excellent tackler, missed only 13% of his attempts in his career. Such a smart player, man. He sees the game at a really high level. Great ball skills, 10 interceptions, 17 pass breakups in his career. Played everywhere for UCF, very versatile. But he's undersized. He's six foot, six, six feet, 194. Not very athletic, not as slow, obviously, as LeCount and Ford, but still didn't have great speed. Um, already 23 years old, you guys mentioned it. Below average in coverage. I don't think he's got great speed to keep up with receivers. He doesn't have the size and athleticism that you look for, but he sees the game at a really high level and is excellent in the run game. Number five now, Andre Sisco from Syracuse. Go, number baby. 55 on the big board. PJ, what do you think about him? Um... Okay, so this is this is where this video is going to get off the rails. Um, Andre Cisco has a trait and a talent that nobody else literally in this video, in this class, in the country has. Andre Cisco has an innate talent for finding the ball and creating turnovers. Valuable. I said it in the last video that... Uh, with Paulson Adebo that there is a value to breaking up passes and creating turnovers because in 2021 everybody throws the ball and what's the easiest way to stop them from throwing the ball is to take it away from them. Andre Sisco does that better than anybody in recent memory in college football. Now what's the problem? Andre Sisco doesn't actually cover anybody. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, Andre Sisco is solely a ball hawk who just kind of does whatever he wants and it works but when it doesn't work it's really bad and um some 
defensive coordinator. I could see defensive coordinators really, really wanting Andre Cisco for good reason. A playmaker like that is is quite frankly unheard of the pace he was at before he tore his ACL, which I guess is another knock. How healthy is he? When is he going to be ready? But 13 interceptions in 24 games, 14 pass breakups in 24 games. The production can't lie. It's just a matter of you you have to rein him back in. Some defensive coordinators probably don't want to take a shot on him because they've never seen him actually cover anybody, and he doesn't do his assignments, which people are going to get mad at. But you could do that at Syracuse when you're the best player on the team. You can't really do that in the NFL. But, oh, my God, like the ball production is is unheard of. And that's going to matter, and somebody's going to want to take a shot on that. He's a huge dude. He can hit people in the run game when he guesses correctly. He's an aggressive tackler. He doesn't always guess correctly, but he's willing to fill gaps at the line of scrimmage. He just roves wherever he wants. It's just a matter of, like, you're weighing the production versus the lack of production everywhere else. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was friend of the pod, Mike Renner, said watching Andre Cisco is like a roller coaster ride. Um just up and down plays. Uh, p- the biggest thing is the PJ was talking about was the playmaking, 13 pass breakups in 25 games. Um, I, he's an explosive athlete, I think. He isn't the quickest, maybe. He's not an elite athlete. And he's going to make plays on the ball, but he's also going to give up touchdowns. He's going to get beat sometimes just because he is just all over the field. And he's it, a difficult projection because it really comes down to the team and the defensive coordinator and the coaching staff. What are you comfortable with uh, with Andre Cisco? Because, I mean, he's the production is there. He can get the ball. It's just he, the defined role is the issue. So the difference between Stearns and Cisco are athlete size, and production, which a lot of things that matter when evaluating players. So that's why Cisco is going to go likely a lot higher than Stearns. And I think we'll, I got a late second round grade on him. I think he fits with teams in that range. I like Miami. I like Baltimore at 60 is a great fit. Um, you got to find a defense that's willing to kind of put him in that rover role and do it once until he can learn how to be more fixed into that defense. Did place him too high and in, in this defense this year. It wasn't just a rover, which is good to see because it means he's at least learning a little bit of, you know, how to go through uh, progressions. As a defensive player, there are progressions at safety as well. It's not just quarterback. They, they do have usually a step-by-step reading plan when you're trying to figure out what a quarterback's trying to do with the ball. But he's aggressive and he overcommits and he's, you know, at times way out of plays because he's looking to go pick off a pass and he just gives up big touchdowns because he's doing something that he probably shouldn't be. Uh, I think he's a little hesitant in the run game, but at times it, it, he, he does good things in the run game because of that size and that ability. Coming off an ACL, um, we'd like to see if that comes back. Did he, I mean, I, I know we had the pro day in our backyard right here. Did he Did he perform at the pro day? He or didn't is he do still, anything. He, he just did bench. He's still yeah. having which I would assume is the case. Um, he should be good by the time the season comes around, but you know, depending on who you are, sometimes ACLs take a little while to come back from. Some people like Adrian Peterson are just freaks and can do it immediately. Um, he's physical in the slot. He's another guy I think you can match. If you can teach him to match up with tight ends one-on-one, he'll chuck them. He'll make it very difficult for timing to, to match up in terms of trying to, you know, quarterbacks who kind of lock in on tight ends, which happens at times at the NFL level. Uh, he could really you know, hurt offenses with that, but he, again, you know, I feel like I'm banging the table with this with a lot of players this draft season, but he needs coaching. And um, depending on where he goes, he could be a disaster or he could be an all-pro player. Yeah, I got a third-round grade on Cisco. Best ball skills in the draft, hands down. You guys mentioned it, 13 interceptions, 14 pass breakups, and only 24 career games. 
excellent size and speed, six feet, 209, and probably runs in the four threes, covers a lot of ground. Only one penalty in his career. I think the Syracuse scheme even limited him a little bit. Um, he plays safety, but he's anything but safe. He goes for the home run almost every single play, allowed eight touchdowns and an 89.8 passer rating in his career, bites on double moves a lot, not a good run defender, doesn't really take good angles, average tackler, missed 19% of his career attempts, tore his ACL after just two games this year. Um, again, PJ mentioned it, a lot like Paulson Adebo, the corner from Stanford that we talked about last week. Fantastic ball skills, great athleticism, but they both go for home run too much and are prone to biting on double moves. If you can rein that in, though, Cisco can be an elite safety in this league. Number four, Hamza Nasruddin from Florida Dang. State, number 45 on the big board. Tate, what do you think about him? Um, I don't know why he's in this video. Uh, this guy's a linebacker. He just He's just a linebacker. He's not a safety, folks. Um, I hate to break the news. He's got a good size for the modern linebacker, kind of a, a, a Wusu Koromo kind of size. I think he's a good run defender. Um, and he, he just struggles in coverage. We saw it at the Senior Bowl. I'm sorry, but you put him in one-on-one -on -one man coverage, and it's just not going to go well. Um, you know, I, I think he's a good athlete for his size, I think is the, the clarifying mark on that, for his size. Um, good run defender, like I said, every year of his career, he had a higher run defending PFF grade than coverage grade. Um, um, only one pass breakup in the last two years. Uh, he had this ACL injury, which kept him out for over a year. And it was kind of like a Rondale situation at the beginning of the year in the fall where we were like, we just didn't know what was going on. Um, we didn't know his status. He ultimately came back for only two games. He's just, he's simply a linebacker. Um, I, I don't know why we're talking about him in this video. If he's, if you're using him as like a too high safety, I don't want him a single high safety. I don't want him. If you're using him as like a box safety linebacker. I think we're in. Um, so Hamsa Nasruddin is one of my guys, has been from the beginning. Uh, yeah, I, I think especially after the Senior Bowl, I, I have thought he should probably play linebacker this whole time. Uh, after the Senior Bowl, I think that's becoming a more common take. Uh, I think he's going to be like a, a, a great will. Like he he's going to be great as he's a good tackler. He's good in the run game, as Tate said. He's, he takes good at angles at tackles. He knows what he's doing. He, he's just, he's fantastic in the run game and he knows what he's doing when he goes to tackle people. The problem is, I don't know what he can do in coverage. He's big enough to go at these tight ends. Like he's, he's ginormous. He's 6'3", 215. Like he's big enough to attack these tight ends in coverage. And I think that's what he's going to be asked to do. It was not a good showing at the senior bowl for that role. But I still think he is going to be capable. This is another like positionless guy where you just want this guy in your defense and insert him and, and have him do whatever you want. But, you know, and that versatility makes him scheme versatile. You can play him at any number of positions. I think he's probably best as, as a will. I don't know where he's going to get drafted. There's a lot of injury concerns, but the size and athleticism combo is something that that nobody really has in this safety class if that's where you want to play him. I think playing him too high would be a mistake and a, a misuse of his physical gifts, but I, I do think he's capable at the very least of doing that. That's just not the role I would want him in. I actually kind of like him as a too high player. I think he does an okay job of keeping people in front of him. I just think it was really stupid to have him playing one-on-one -on -one coverage as a cornerback at the senior bowl. I mean, clearly he was not going to be a guy who should be doing that at the NFL level. He didn't show the athleticism in college to be able to do that. He struggled when he was in man 
in general in college, whether it was a slot, whether it was outside, whether it was just covering running backs. He was not a guy that runs well with other offensive players. He needs to keep things in front of him. He needs to play zone defense. And I think if you put him in a too high shell where he, you know, is helped by another good safety next to him, I think he can cover. Um, that being said, his ability as a kind of violent hitter, as a tone setter, a guy who's bigger, who can move and play in the box is really where his value is as a safety. Um, and because of that, he, you know, for me is going to be more of a later second round guy. I, he was a little higher for me at first. I was thinking about making him a first round grade. Senior bull hurt him, to be completely honest with you. Um, I think we're still, are they going to do a pro day for Florida State? I don't know. I think we're still waiting on some numbers yes, there. I actually think it's um, today. You think it's today? All right. So those are going to be, I think for him, he's one of these guys where I think those numbers really matter a lot for where he goes in this year's draft. Um, but again, where do you fit in an in a defense? You know, how does a coach you know, fix you into what they're trying to build? Um, or is somebody just open to like fixing a defense so that he fits into it? He is clearly an athletic piece, but he's not a guy that you're just saying, here's go play safety and, it, and it's going to work. He needs, he needs some, uh, he needs some either help from the scheme or coaching or something, but he's just not going to be a fill-in at, at deep safety or even, I think, a linebacker because, you know, he hasn't played straight linebacker yet. And so that's, you know, you got to figure that out too. Yeah, he's a number four safety for me, number 57 overall. He's huge. He looks like a linebacker at 6'4", 220. Second best run defending safety in this class. Plays like a linebacker there. Really good tackler. Only missed 11% of his career attempts. Played everywhere for the Seminoles. Really versatile player. But like I mentioned, average in coverage. A lot of 96.6 pass rating when targeting his career. Only four career picks and nine pass breakups in four years. Not very fast either. He should probably run the four sixes. We'll see in the pro day. Uh, might be a linebacker in the NFL, but really didn't play there much in college. Also, tore his ACL in 2019, missed some time in 2020. He's a guy you want in the box more than deep. He looks like a linebacker, might be best suited as a linebacker at the next level. He's a good enough run defender and tackler, I think, to survive there. Number three, Ardarius Washington from TCU, right above Nasruddin, 44th on the big board. Nick, what do you think about him? So Ardarius Washington is going to be... If he were in like 200 pounds, would be a first round pick. The issue is he is not. What was he? I, I'm sorry, I don't have it off the top of my head. He is. He's 180. 180. Yeah. I have him listed as. That can't be right. He's not 5'8, is he? He is 5'8. Yes, he is. yes. He's so, so he's just. Yeah, I, so that makes sense, right? So he's just a tiny, tiny player uh, at a position where some physicality is kind of uh, necessary to be able to work at the NFL level, especially when you're probably going to be covering tight ends and running backs at some point. Uh, that being said, he plays with no fear. He's a guy who doesn't, you know, get out. He likes to get into contact. He'll hit people. He's a great tackler. Um, he played a lot of too high next to Trayvon Morrig, and in some instances may have been the better coverage player there. And I've talked about how much I like Morrig as a as kind of a ball hawking guy who can cover anywhere on the field. Washington kind of possesses that versatility as well as a coverage player. Um, I think he struggles at times to feel routes behind him and around him, but when he keeps things in front of him, he's really good. Navigates traffic well when he is inside the box. Um, and I think he is excellent when he, again, when he can see routes develop, being able to kind of progress upfield and, you know, uh, get in the way of routes, jump routes, and, and break things up that way. Um, this is a guy that, unlike Hamza and Andre Sisko, can kind of fit into a already made-up role for a defense. 
this, there's some size questions. There's some athleticism questions. I'm less worried about it with him, though, if he doesn't test well compared to a LeCount or a Paris Ford because you see the production. You see his ability to cover in college uh, against explosive offenses in the Big 12, and so I kind of know what I'm getting already. Uh, yeah, so the tape is really good. Um, so we had them all listed at, at 180. I, I looked up the TCU Pro Day. Um, he weighed in at 178, which yeah, is, that's what which I is really, really small. Um, so I, I just, it's another, it's like, not to this extent, obviously, but it's another Devonte Smith and that it's an outlier. Like there are no, there hasn't been a 178 pound safety drafted. Like it's never happened before. The smallest guy's 180 on record. Like I just, it's tough. And it, it, it's weird because the production is there and the tape is there. He's aggressive in coverage. He's, he's got ball skills. He's good at the catch point, even though he's undersized in both height and weight. He's not afraid to go up and fight wide receivers at the catch point. Like he's good downfield. He, he just like he's a little slow. I think he needs to be a little bit more aware, get up to game speed a little bit. He's a little he bites on play action a lot, which is something I found. But listen, he's playing with good defensive backs at TCU, especially with Merrick right next to him. And I do think he's a free safety at the next level. It's like, where does this where are you drafting a guy that is so small and it's such a big outlier? And it's not like Devontae Smith where, yeah, like you have production and he is an outlier, but like maybe this can work. There literally is no Ardarius Washington precedent, and he doesn't have the protection like Devontae Smith. So, you know, I think he's like a, a third-round guy for me pretty firm, but if he doesn't get picked in the first two days, I won't be surprised just because he's so, so small. Uh, yeah, the the instincts, the play reading, recognition, uh, fluid hips, uh, nice backpedal. He has ball skills. TCU asked a lot of Trayvon and our Darius Washington, so clearly the football IQ is all there for him. It's just the size, which is what Nick and PJ talked about. He's even smaller than Antoine Winfield last year, who was his biggest weakness was his size. Winfield succeeded this year and played really well, but you know, can Washington also do that same thing? Who knows? Um, I, I think I have a late second round grade on him. I would not be surprised if he falls to the third round or even to day three. Um, he has all the on-field traits you want. It's just the size is, is the only concern for me. Yeah, number three is safety for me. Number 43 overall. Best instincts in this draft. Never unsure of his reads. Knows exactly where to be. Really good in coverage throughout his career. Only a lot of 44.9 passer rating when targeted. Can even play in the slot if you want him to. He's a decent tackler. Missed 13% of his career attempts. Pretty explosive. Pro day, 37.5-inch vertical, which is 2 inches higher. 10-foot, 7-inch broad jump, which is 7 inches longer than the average elite in 2019. Five interceptions, a lot of passer rating, 11.6 when targeted in 2019. Uh, but he took a step back in 2020. Didn't have a single interception, only four pass breakups, almost 100 passer rating when targeted. Undersized, he gets hit on it. Five inches shorter, 29 pounds lighter than the average um, only ran a 4.6 at his pro day, not the fastest despite being undersized. Didn't play much single high, too. He got to play with Trayvon Merrick next to him. Um, he's going to draw Tyron Matthew comps because he's undersized with excellent instincts. Took a step back this year, but I think he could be really successful at the next level. Number two, Javon Holland from Oregon, number 33 on the big board. PJ, what do you think about him? Um, so opt out. That's the number one thought is that pretty much like safety one going into the year for everybody and then didn't play, which inevitably is going to push people 
down the board. Like we've seen it time and time again with most of the opt outs, except for Micah Parsons, who has fallen down the board in the meantime. Like not a lot of these guys have, have stayed afloat. Um, and you might see it with Farley with JC Horn jumping him. Like it, it's tough because recency bias is a thing, but I also think, you know, there is something to be said for having a sample size this year. It's probably important. I don't know. Um, so Javon Holland, again, he's versatile. This is another guy that I don't think you can really box into a, a stronger free safety. I think he's got good size. He's, he's good production played in the slot, like everything you could possibly want out of a starting safety on day one. He's versatile. He knows what he's doing in zone and man coverage, good athlete, explosive type guy. I think he's, uh, you know, could have a little bit more in the run game, but he's got pretty good ball production and ball skills that I think will translate to the NFL. It's just, you know, when comparing him to guys who have played this year, we've seen better stuff from people more recently. I do expect him to be one of the first probably four safeties off the board. Where that's going to be, I can't tell you. I don't think he goes on day one. I probably think he's a second-round pick. I would expect there to be a run on safeties in the second round here, but I don't know. It's tough. Like, if he did become the first safety off the board, like, that's totally fine. It's just, you know, I would have liked to see a 2020 out of him. Uh, yeah, agree with a lot of things PJ just said, which is terrifying. Um, I think he's one of the first safeties off the board, not in the first round, probably the second round. Just seems like usually there's a run of safeties in the second round because just positional value simply. Um, the ball hawking uh, skills are all there. 20 pass breakups in 2019 alone, which is just a ridiculous amount. Um, versatile in the scheme flexibility, which is just a huge pro. You can play safety, you can play slot corner, you can kind of play him all over the field. Um, he played 2019 from the slot mostly, actually, not even from like a deep safety position. His tackling took a big jump uh, from 2018 to 2019. He went up like 20-ish tackles, uh, up five tackles for loss. He had 18 stops, according to PFF, um, or up 18 stops. Uh, it's just the weaknesses. Yeah, it's what PJ was saying. It's the 2020 opt-out. We don't know where he is. Paris Ford, opt he played, he opted out, and then he looked bad at the pro day so i mean it's just like what have you been doing this past year is a huge make or break for how his rookie year goes um i think he's maybe just an average athlete too for his position despite being kind of versatile um in terms of the scheme so i don't know i mean i think he's one of the first off the board like i said probably in the second round and i i do think he can be a good nfler i just you know it's the 2020 opt-out which is just a looming umbrella for a lot of these guys so he didn't actually play a whole lot of deep safety. He was really mostly a slot corner his uh, next last, or his, effectively his last season at Oregon, um, which is why I kind of have listed him as a safety slash cornerback. I think he has maybe, I'd say this, I'd say he definitely has the measurables at six one one ninety six to play outside corner too if a team wanted to give him a shot at that. Um, but other than that, I really don't. He's kind of a weird guy because I think he's not an instinctual type guy. I just think he's very fundamentally sound. Again, he does a really good job of going through his progressions as a zone coverage player. And I think because of that, you kind of want to keep him to one side of the field. So if you're going to play him at safety, I'd rather see him in too high. Um, I'd like to see him play slot corner. Um, and I kind of like to keep him away from the box a little bit. He played a good amount of box in Oregon. And I think not for a lack of trying. I think he did a good job at fitting against the run game. But he's just not very physical. And I think he struggles as a tackler. Um, and I think it, it, it's the same in terms of as a, as a coverage guy. He's just not a physical guy. He needs to keep guys in front of him. He likes to, he can run with dudes. Um, and at the catch point, I think he needs to get a little bit better with his eyes. I think his hands are in the right place. But sometimes he has trouble finding the ball. 
But in terms of the athletic traits to stay with receivers in the next level as a coverage player, um, especially if you put him that slot, I think, right to start out, and you need a slot guy to fit into your defense, this is a guy that goes higher in the second round. I think he's one of the first safeties off the board. Um, and he's versatile, and if you could teach him up, he could probably play more than just slot at the NFL level. But that's where he'll be starting. So Javon Holland is still my number one safety. I have him number 23 overall. He's the best safety in coverage in this class. Nine picks, 10 pass breakups in two years. Only allowed a 61.1 pass rating when targeted. Played excellent as a free safety and as a slot corner for Oregon. Very versatile. Uh, I think he's got really good instincts like our Darius Washington. Uh, improved as a tackler. Missed only 14% of his attempts in 2019. After missing 21% in 2018. Good length at 6'1", but only 196 pounds. Kind of looks like a corner. Um, just an average athlete. You want him either in the slot or deep. I don't think you want him in the box. I agree with Nick. Average run defender, opt out in 2020. Because he opted out, I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about Javon Holland. He's still my top safety because of how good and versatile he is in coverage. Number one now, Tra- Trayvon Merrig from TCU, number 22 on the big board. Tate, what do you think about him? Uh, so this is my safety one. Thank you, Max. Um, uh, he's a great athlete, regardless of his size, 6'2", 200 pounds. I mean, he's just a good athlete, period. He had this ridiculous pass breakup on Talon Wallace, like 40 yards downfield. PJ, please play that clip now. Um, uh, the ball skills, you see it on display in that clip, just diving, and it's it's all there. Um, the production is there, too, if you just want to look at the numbers, 20 pass breakups and six interceptions in two years as a starter. I have that number right. I think I had the Holland number wrong. 20 pass breakups in his career, not just in 2019. Excuse me for the, the typo. Um the NFL frame, I mentioned the size for Trayvon, uh, 6'2", 200, helps in run defending. He's a pretty physical guy when he comes downhill. Um, he also has lots of special team experience already, despite being like one of the best safeties on his team, um, in addition to being a top-end like starting safety product. Um, I just I think maybe he's benefiting from a weaker safety class, maybe. Um, you know, is he the safety one in every single year? Maybe not, but I mean, I definitely think he has a ton of tools, and I think he's really polished in terms of what he is right now i don't think you nearly need to coach him up a lot like you do maybe some of these other guys maybe like the andre cisco in terms of one of these first safeties off the board so i mean i think he's a safe bet for being a really good safety within the first two years in the league yeah i i mean i i'm pretty much just going to echo everything that you say um much like last year was kind of a, a a down safety class there was no real dominant guy at, at the top like a jamal adams type somebody worth taking at high um, that pushed guys like Xavier McKinney and Antoine Winfield to the second round, there could not be a safety in the first round this year. Like, there there totally could be. Trayvon Merrick has a first-round grade for me. I think he's worth it. But at, at that, I think he's, like, 24th. I'm not taking him top 20. Like, some people have him top top 15. I, I'm not okay with taking a safety that isn't that dominant like that. But, listen, he's going to be a good free safety immediately from day one. It's just a matter of... He's not a box. He's not like this pass rusher where the safety position is kind of going. He's just, he's a good free safety. He's got good ball skills. He's got, you know, he he has seven career interceptions. He's good downfield. He's good uh, attacking the ball. He knows what he's doing when it comes to awareness. I think he's a very aware player, especially when things are happening in front of him, where jumping to the ball, jumping on routes, jumping on lanes. He he's very clearly knows what he's doing back there. I think kind of a downside, the pro day, he said he was hurt. You know, the numbers weren't great. He said he was operating 80% at that point. Why are you running? Why are you doing anything if you're not 100%? Because people are only going to take that against you. But he's tough. 
He's got great instincts, much like our Darius Washington. They both know what they're doing. The one thing is, because he has those great instincts, kind of Andre Sisko, he gets really aggressive, jumps things that aren't there, tries to make these big plays, and sometimes he gets burned, but keeps it to a lesser extent than a lot of the guys we've said that for a negative four. I think he's pretty clearly the best safety in this class, but I, I don't think he's necessarily a slam dunk for the first round. Well, I do. Um, I have a safety one, and I'm just going to one-up Max here really quick because he did play uh, well against Max's guy, Tylen Wallace, who hit Max has 17th on his board, so Trevon <laughs> Morig is 16th on my board. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've said this. I think we I've probably talked about his guy a good amount um, in terms of our content, but, you know, let's just go right back to it. He's, in my opinion, the best ball skill safety in this draft, and I think you can line him up anywhere in terms of coverage. Single high, you go to two eye then you put him in the slot i think you could line him up at corner i don't know that people are going to do that in the nfl level but i think he has the ability the physical tools and the movement ability to do that um he can run stride for stride and man and man he's physical when he has to be in zone or in press uh, you know he's a mismatch cover guy because of that you can put him on tight ends you can put him on running backs you can put him on any receivers that you know might whether they be technical guys but they'd be more you know just speedsters um i think he tackles well as a box player he's willing to get again to get physical inside the box um some of the best zone instincts in this draft. And again, this is, we're looking for the mold of versatile safeties. You can do a little bit of everything. Positionalist defensive football. Trevon Morig's exactly what defenses need today's league. And I think he's going to force turnovers for you. He's going to do the things that most players don't do on defense, like cover these mismatched guys that take, you know, when teams have Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, you just don't have an answer for them. This is a guy that gives you a chance to have an answer for those type of players. And because of that, I'm going to value him very highly on my draft board. And I think anybody who has to start a secondary who just doesn't have anything. I mean, look at what Tyron Matthew did for a chief secondary that was effectively devoid of talent, instantly made them at least respectable. And so I'm looking at teams like the Raiders and Cardinals who just don't have anything. You add this guy, I think it at least gives you the ability to take away one guy on offense. Yeah, he's my number two safety, number 29 overall. Good length, six foot two, great ball skills. Led the country in pass breakups the last two years with 20 in 2019 and 2020. Also had six picks in that span. Good in coverage, only a lot of 54.7 pass rating when targeting his career. Manned up on slot receivers and held his own. Could add five pounds or so because he's only 202 pounds right now. Average run defender and tackler, missed 16% of his career attempts. He goes for the big hit, I think, too often. Average pro day, too. He said he was at 80% with a bad back. He ran a 4.5, had a 33-inch vertical, and a 4.19 shuttle. That's pretty average for a safety. Um, but took a step back in 2020, like his teammate, Ardarius Washington. I don't think he was nearly as dominant as 2019. Um, didn't play much single high coverage. He was him and Ardarius kind of in quarters. Uh, he's an average run defender, average tackler, but his length shows up in coverage. I think he's a really, really high floor player. So those are our top 10 safeties. In the 2021 NFL Draft, of course, be sure to follow our Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Boomer Bus Draft. We're on YouTube. Anywhere you get podcasts, please like and subscribe to the channel and comment any questions for a mailbag. So for PJ Clark, Tate Sigworth, and Nick Miriam, I'm Max Chadwick. Have a great night.